Previously on For the Love of Story podcast. Next week, I mean, I'm doing another impromptu episode. Um, that one is a prompt that was inspired by and kind of co-written by Creative Bobby, my guest for basically this season of the podcast. Um, and that goes as such. You work in a movie theater. Theater 4 on the left is never used. The former manager was put in a mental ward of a hospital, repeatedly saying, Don't go in 4. The movies come alive in 4. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy an original short story by yours truly that I call Theater 4. I hope you enjoy. Theater 4, written and read by T.J. Truly Tooley. In a small Nevada town two hours away from Las Vegas, there is not much to do. There are a few small casinos and a racetrack that keeps the locals busy, but mostly everybody keeps to themselves. For a young high school student like Ashton Beatty, you either spend time at friends' houses, roam around the shopping center, or watch movies at the local theater. Several years ago, there was a mysterious research laboratory about half an hour drive away. The city was beginning to grow as more military families bought up the cheap land and was expanding in that direction. People began to wonder what people did in the lab. Nobody knew anybody who worked there. There was no signs on the front, and it was constantly guarded. Many people, including Ashton himself, believed that it was a secret military operation and accepted that they would never learn what they did there. The mystery grew deeper when one day the entire lab was abandoned. One day it was fully operational, the next it was a ghost town. A wealthy investor purchased the land and built a shopping center on it. Using some of the original laboratory building, he created a movie theater to serve as its focal point. As the town grew, the new schools were built in between the old town and the new entertainment district. After school, lots of kids would walk to the entertainment areas and see movies with their friends. Ashton and his friends did that so often that when they were old enough to get jobs, they applied there. During their training at the theater, Ashton and his friends learned that Theater 4 on the left had never been opened to the public. The story was that the owners had run out of money during renovations and over time just chose to ignore the auditorium completely and only operate with seven screens. This always seemed strange to Ashton, but he chose to never question it. One slow weekday, he was working in the concession stand when a crazy-looking man burst into the lobby. He walked straight to the doors of Theater 4, brandishing what looked to be a broken broomstick. He was pulling on the locked doors with all his might, but they would not budge. He turned and looked at Ashton and the other employees and screamed, They come! They keep coming! The movies! The nightmares! Don't go in four! The movies come alive in four! Don't! Do not go in four! You hear me? At that point, 
A police officer ran through the door and stepped in between the man and the counter. Come on, man. I can't keep doing this. How many times do I have to arrest you before you get it? Ashton watched as the man was handcuffed and escorted to the waiting police car. After their shift, Ashton and the other two employees, Hannah and Josh, were called into the manager's office. The manager's name was Trevor. He was in his mid to late 20s and always made work fun. Trevor apologized for them having to experience the man shouting at them. He explained that his name was Charlie and he was the first manager of the theater. One day he went crazy during a shift and tried to get everybody to leave the theater because the movies came alive in Auditorium 4. He then went on to spend some time in the psychiatric clinic but was ultimately released. Trevor suspected that Charlie was now living on the streets based on how he looked every time he saw him. Ashton asked Trevor if he had ever been in theater for. He had not. He told him the same story about how a pipe had burst and ruined the interior of the auditorium, and the owners ran out of money and didn't pay to fix it, and now they just have not renovated it. Ashton grew more and more curious about the mysterious theater with each passing day. One particularly slow night shift, Ashton decided to investigate. Each auditorium has a projection room at the top. They are all connected by a long, narrow hallway spanning the entire theater. During a break, Ashton had walked up to the projection rooms and walked over to Theater 4. As he had expected, the door was locked and had a Do Not Enter sign taped to the front. This was not very satisfying to Ashton, so he planned to get in during his next shift. The next night, Ashton made up some excuse to need into the supply closet and asked to borrow Trevor's keys. He had done this before, so Trevor had no reason to suspect that anything was strange. Ashton took the keyring and bolted up the stairs again. Trevor carried a lot of keys, but after trying about half of them, he found the match. He unlocked the door from the inside and quickly ran the keys back down to Trevor. During his lunch break, Ashton took his usual pretzel and cherry cola up to the projection rooms. He opened the door to Theater 4 and walked in. It was very dark. He felt around for a light switch on the wall. When his fingers found it, it didn't turn anything on. He pulled out his phone and used his flashlight app, and everything was covered in dust and cobwebs. There was no way to tell how long it had been since somebody had been in there. Ashton found the control panel and flipped the switch for the house lights. To his surprise, it worked. The lights gradually began to turn on and revealed a normal-looking movie theater. The seats were all intact, the screen was intact, the projector in the booth was intact. Everything looked to be in place, so why does nobody use it? The auditorium lights coming through the window illuminated the whole projection room. He brushed off a desk chair as best he could and coughed when dust flew into his face. He sat down and began inspecting the cabinets. Inside were a few discs. He thought it would be fun to watch a movie on his own from the booth, so he dusted off the disc player turned the house lights off, sat back, and relaxed. One of the discs was for a movie that came out when he was in junior high. The movie began playing just as expected. He had to turn on the sound, but otherwise he didn't run into any issues. The movie was an action thriller about a dystopian future. Ashton remembered wanting to see the movie when it first came out, but his mom didn't want him seeing it because it was rated R. He knew it was about a bad guy who traveled back in time and kidnapped a young boy, he knew there was a resistance movement and the leader sent somebody back in time to stop the bad guy. He also knew there was some sort of twist, but at this point he couldn't remember what it was. 
The first scene involved the bad guy in his glowing red suit jumping through a crackling lightning bolt portal, capturing the young screaming boy and seeing the resistance fighter in his glowing blue suit jumping through a different portal. What happened next was chilling. Ashton watched as the man in red turned and looked straight into the camera. He walked towards it, somehow appeared to step out of the screen and into the theater itself. Ashton rubbed his eyes. He couldn't be seeing what he thought he was seeing, could he? The man walked like a zombie up the steps and did not look away from Ashton, who started to panic. He had no idea what was happening, but he knew he did not like it. He pressed the pause button, but nothing happened. He pressed stop, and again nothing happened. The man was getting closer to the top of the stairs, and with a last-ditch effort, Ashton killed the power to the entire auditorium. Everything went dark. Ashton could feel his heart beating out of his chest. He realized that he was breathing very heavily and put his hand over his mouth. He listened for the sounds of the man in red below, but heard nothing. He peeked out, but couldn't see anything in the darkness. He took a deep breath and turned the power back on. The second the disc player booted up, he ejected the disc and threw it against the wall. He looked into the lit auditorium and didn't see a thing. Ashton started to question his own sanity. Had he actually seen what he thought he had? He wasn't going to stick around and find out. He turned everything off again, shut the door, kept it unlocked, and then worked the rest of his shift. While he worked, he told Hannah, Josh, and even Trevor about what he saw. None of them believed him, and they teased him for the movie being too scary. Ashton had been worried to tell Trevor that he had broke a rule, but he said that he goes in theater for all the time to get away from crowds and employees. A secret for a secret. Ashton told them that he would prove it to them if they stayed after the theater closed for the night. Once the last customer had left, Trevor told the group that he had a surprise for them. He opened up Theater 4's auditorium, and they sat down with their leftover popcorn, pretzels, and drinks. Trevor went up to the projection booth and started a movie. He stepped in front of them as the commercials were starting, and made them promise to never tell anybody what they were doing. They all agreed, and he smiled, and told them to enjoy. The summer's big blockbuster superhero movie started playing. They were all shocked. The movie was not premiering for another week, but Trevor and Manigent must have already received the discs. The group sat in awe as the theme music swelled and the title card appeared. The movie opened with a montage of the high-flying superhero and his sidekick taking out bad guys from the previous movies in the series. The dream team looked unstoppable. It cuts to the new villain in his giant robot suit destroying the city during the day. People are terrified and running through the streets. The hero takes on the robot suit as his sidekick takes on the extremely acrobatic sidekick of the villain. It was everything Ashton had ever hoped it would be. Everything did take a sharp turn for the worst. The superhero was batted away by the robot, and he tumbled through the screen and landed in the seats behind them. The group screamed and ran to the hallway. Ashton told everybody to stay put, and he took off running. He climbed the stairs as quickly as he could and sprinted to the projection room. He looked up and he saw the villain had stepped through the screen with his giant robot legs and was beating the superhero while he was down. The chairs in the auditorium were being crushed, debris was flying everywhere. The villain's sidekick jumped into the action and the two of them began to overpower the superhero. Ashton took one last look and then killed the power. He booted the system back on, took the disc out of the player, and ran back to his friends. 
Everyone was freaking out about what had just happened. The damage to the theater was real. There were crushed chairs and debris from the ceiling all over the room. Everybody was shouting out questions. What do we do? How did this even happen? Do we tell anybody? What do we do? What do we say? Trevor yelled over the three of them to get their attention. He told them that if they locked the door, never mentioned the thing, nobody would ever know. He reminded them about how the former manager, Charlie, was believed to be crazy and mentally unstable when what they saw proved he wasn't. Nobody can explain what just happened, so they would likely become some sort of lab rats in an experiment somewhere, and they would never have a normal life again. Josh pushed for an anonymous report to be filed, but the rest of the group shot that idea down. He was the most shocked out of the group. He started apologizing, he said he was sorry, and they ran out the doors. Ashton and Hannah both agreed to pretend to know nothing just in case Josh did, and Trevor said that he would do what he could to arrange a very small and discreet renovations crew for Theater 4. The next night, Ashton returned to work. He and Hannah awkwardly made small talk until they were the only two employees in the concession stand. They freaked out some more and were discussing their sleepless nights and the fears that Josh had already told somebody. About an hour into the shift, Ashton saw a few men in white hazmat suits walk out of Theater 4. He asked them what was going on, but they ignored him. Ashton wondered if Trevor had hired people for the renovation that quickly. If he had, it would be very impressive. Ashton decided to peek inside. As he approached the doors to the auditorium, a huge security guard with sunglasses, a bulletproof vest, and a gun stepped out from the shadows and blocked his path. He was the tallest and most muscular man Ashton had ever seen. His deep, booming voice startled Ashton even more as he said one cold, short word. No. Ashton could tell that there was no arguing with this man, so he chose to let it go. He finished his shift with Hannah and watched as people in white hazmat suits made several trips in and out of Theater 4's doors. Whole rows of seats were being removed and strange equipment was being moved in. Trevor assured every guest and every employee that they were finally getting around to renovating the final auditorium and they were going to make it the most futuristic movie-watching experience ever. This satisfied most people, but Ashton was not buying it. Ashton followed Trevor into his office and said, Renovations? The next day? I don't buy it. Trevor said that he had just got lucky with the contract, as he absentmindedly typed on his phone. He told Ashton that he was very busy and he needed to get back to work. Ashton walked out of the office, annoyed with the lack of an answer he received, and he walked back to the concession stand where Hannah handed him her phone. He looked at the screen and saw a message from Trevor that said, Show this message to Ashton. Supplies, 20 after. Ashton checked the time and saw that it was 9.05. He must have wanted to meet in the supply closet in 15 minutes. Being as discreet as possible, he made his way down the hall. Trevor pulled Ashton into the closet by his shirt and looked paranoid as he inspected the small space. Dude, what's going on? Ashton asked, looking very concerned. Trevor looked panicked and said, I didn't call them. The owners have no idea who they are either. They bugged this whole place. They probably know I'm in here talking to you now. Just lay low. We can't talk in here, okay? And he shoved cleaning supplies into Ashton's hands and quickly pulled him out of the door. Ashton pretended that nothing was out of the ordinary as he cleaned the concession stand. Trevor had sent Hannah home early because they were so slow. 
After his shift ended and the theater closed, he still saw people in white hazmat suits walking in and out. The next day, Ashton saw some kids try and get into Theater 4. He saw the big security guard drag the kids away from the door and tell them no as well. Ashton saw this as an opportunity. He gave the same two kids free candy in exchange for them confronting the security guard again. Ashton snuck along the wall towards the doors. He nodded to the kids and they walked up to the door again. The security guard pushed them away again saying no and Ashton seized his chance and slid through the door. He took a moment to catch his breath before trying to sneak around the corner. What he saw was shocking. The entire auditorium had been gutted. Plastic lined the walls, floors, and ceiling. Large tables with laboratory equipment mid-experiment were spread throughout the room. Large machines and cameras were set up on the different levels of the theater seating. Some people in suits and ties were observing from the projection room. The projector was on and showed the same short clip of a goldfish swimming in a bowl. Ashton wondered how they got some of the equipment into the theater with how large they were. He also wondered who the people in the lab were and who the people in the suits that were watching them were. Suddenly a red light and a loud siren go off. Ashton thought he must have been seen. He ducked down behind one of the tables along the wall. But to his surprise, nobody rushed to get him or even seemed to have noticed his presence. Instead, he saw two people holding a large tub of water underneath the fishbowl on screen. Another person was typing ferociously on a computer, and another woman stood looking on and said, Here it comes. Try not to drop this one. I've only dropped like two, one of the people holding the tub shot back. Ashton began to wonder how many times they had tried whatever they were about to do that he could have only dropped like two. The fish suddenly came alive and dropped into the bucket below. The scientist brought it quickly over to a lab table, took it out of the water with tongs, and immediately began dissecting it. Ashton was shocked to see that the inside of the fish was glowing almost green before it faded out like snow on a television. Damn it! One of the scientists slammed the tongs on the table. I told you we need to move faster. We need to get a picture of it before it goes away. The lady in charge said, Let's reset. Sterilize those instruments. Reset the clock. Let's not mess this one up. Ashton pulled out his phone and snapped a few pictures. He then got up and quietly tiptoed towards the door. It was then that he realized that the security guard must be on the other side of the door. He sent a text to Trevor, told him to try and open the door to Theater 4, and that he would explain everything in the parking lot right after. A minute or two later, Ashton heard Trevor get hassled by the bodyguard, and Ashton slipped out. As soon as he was out of view, he sprinted as fast as he could to the parking lot. Trevor snuck out just after him and said, Dude, what's going on? Ashton showed off the pictures and recapped everything that he had seen. He asked if he should tell Hannah, but Ashton felt that she was safer knowing less. Trevor agreed and vowed that the two of them, together, would get to the bottom of what was happening in Theater 4.
thank you, thank you, thank you so very much for listening to this impromptu, this writing prompt response episode of For the Love of Story podcast. I had an absolute blast writing this. Thank you to my good friend, Creative Bobby, whose idea for a story is what inspired this prompt and inspired the story that I wrote afterwards. I would love to know all of your thoughts. Did you like the story? Did you like the format? This kind of like my first attempt at kind of my own mini audiobook, and I had fun. I would love to know your thoughts. Um, please follow me on social media. I am at TJ Tooley. I have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I check those regularly, and I would love to hear from each and every one of you. If you have a friend who you think would like the podcast, go ahead and share it with them. I would love and appreciate all of that. Check back next truly Tuesday for another new episode of For the Love of Story podcast, a new format where I will be reviewing the movie Inception with my friend Creative Bobby and possibly another guest. So stay tuned, check back, and until then, this has been yours truly, Tooley. <laughs>